And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, sports fan of all ages around the Philadelphia area and wherever part, other parts of the big globe that's flying through outer space, wherever you may be listening to this. Aliens, if you're listening, hi, thank you for listening, and uh, don't shoot us. That would be nice. So I'm Matt McLaughlin alongside Liam Higgins. We're going to be talking about stuff that's on this flying rock that's going through outer space. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies, white hot, of course, because they make no sense at all. Uh, James Harden potentially signing back, maybe not the contract that we were all expecting uh, for him to sign back. The Golden State Warriors captured their fourth title in eight years. Are they a dynasty? Who knows? It's for the fans to figure out, which is why we're here. And also the Philadelphia Flyers. I'll kind of take the reins on this. Liam's not a big hockey guy. I am. And so I'll kind of take the reins on this. If Liam wants to chime in, he's more than welcome to. But uh, I'm just going to take the reins on that one because I got a bit of an opinion on that. So let's just start with the NBA Finals. Steph Curry, Golden State Warriors, captured their first, fourth title in eight years, beat the Boston Celtics in six games with a 103-90 win on the parquet floor in Boston. Liam, where does this put Steph on the top 10 all, all time? Let's just jump right into it. So I think he's definitely in the top 10 now. I actually made a list. I think I was with you when I made this list. Like, oh, shit. Back in like oh. April. Okay. And I was looking at it this morning. And I might have to replace a few guys. Um, so the rest, the list. Yeah. Well, what was your that. list? What was your list before? So as it stands right now, before I edit it, it's Jordan, LeBron, Kareem, Magic, Bird, Wilt, Bill Russell, Jerry West, Kobe, and Shaq. That's my top 10. Okay, I respect it. So what I'm thinking is Steph slides in for either Jerry West or Kobe at eight or nine. I can't take Kobe off top ten. I I'd be more than maybe maybe Kobe bumps up to eight though. And replaces Yeah, Jerry. I would I would I would move Kobe up. I would take yeah. Jerry's the fucking logo. I would take Shaq off, to be quite honest. Really? Like Shaq. So for our generation, like Shaq's later years were just, he was an old man bouncing from like, he was dancing with the fucking Jabberwock. He's in Phoenix. Like that's, that's what we thought Shaq was. And he also, before Kobe got there, he was struggling in the playoffs. And then he finally got over the hump with Kobe. And then he went to Miami where he paired up with Dwayne Wade. So like Shaq was dominant. Yes. My top, but I just, I, I got to slide Steph just because he changed the game so much in the way that like Jerry West, Kobe did. My top 10, no specific order, would be Jordan, Kareem, Russell. Is that three? Jordan, Kareem, Russell. Magic, you got to throw in there. Um, and this is where it's going to get a little dicey. Kobe, I think I had Dr. J in my top mm-hmm. 10 just because he made dunking so popular and his cultural impact signing with Converse is so massive that I think he kind of gets underestimated. And then it gets a little bit, it gets a little bit tricky from there. I mean, Jerry West is definitely in the running. Hakeem is definitely in the running. Larry Bird, LeBron, obviously, is at nine. This is the um, thing you remember about when we were making these lists. I remember you keeping LeBron off your top ten. Is that correct? Oh yeah, no, I was, I was, yeah, no, I'm definitely walking that take back. I'm definitely okay. walking that, that was take interesting. back. Yeah, yeah, LeBron, I just, I can't stand him sometimes, and I just, I just, I can't like. I want to like him. I really do. It's like the Kyrie thing. Like I really want to like LeBron, but then he tweets like, keep that same energy. And then they miss the playoffs. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I will. I will LeBron. You want me to keep that same energy? I will. Um, I would take, I'll probably take bird off the top 10 
slide Steph really? in there. Oh, wow. He won three that. titles, and he was a great player. But that, like, what was it, 86? They had four Hall of Famers in that starting five. Like, Mikhail. Mikhail, Parrish. Um, is Danny Ainge in the Hall of Fame? Danny Ainge is in the Hall of Fame. I think so, yeah. Uh, Bird. And even, like, Dennis Johnson, still a very good defensive player. And even Bill Walton had that renaissance with them all coming off the bench. So those teams were loaded. And if we're going to hold Steph and KD and all these guys to that standard, we got to hold the 86 Celtics and Showtime Lakers and all that type of stuff. Same exact standard. So with Steph, I, I don't think you can, he has more titles than Larry. If he gets five, I think he's brushing past, at least in that same level as Kobe and Magic. But Kareem just won so much, and and Russell won so much, and Wilt was such a dominant scoring option. I mean, I know you could throw you could throw Steph above Wilt, and I wouldn't necessarily be upset about it. Looking at the list, yeah, I I probably would agree. Um, I say the only people I'd really take over would be Jordan, LeBron, Kareem, Magic, and Larry Bird, maybe Kobe. Yeah, yeah and that that Kobe like Kobe's a maybe too because he just it took him so long to get back to the mountaintop after Shaq left that it's it's like what Steph has done is something that we've never really seen before. Yeah. And like even with this finals, it still never felt like it was the old Warriors teams from like 2015 to 20, like 16, 17, 18. I just rattled off four straight years. That's not an error. That's just, <laughs> I just rattled off four years in a row. Um but those teams, it was Draymond was such a better offensive player. We never really saw that until game six where he pops off for 12 points, which is a yeah. great <laughs> offensive night for fucking Draymond. Uh, and then Clay, even Clay never really looked at, like himself until game five, game six. Yeah. And it's a special moment. But I also thought, what if Doc Rivers doesn't play Joel Embiid? when they're up 30 points against the Toronto fucking Raptors and he doesn't get an elbow to the eye. So I was also thinking about that. A lot of things I was thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's I'm going all over the place here, but it's a special title. I don't think this means though, that the, the dynasty is back and all this type of stuff. Like what we're kind of seeing from the media, like mm-hmm. Stephen A already predicted that they win next year. And I'm like, I was going to mention something that Stephen A Smith said last night, post game that I uh-huh. thought was really interesting. Cause like, I didn't really think about it until then. Yeah. He said that he believes that Steve Kerr is a top five coach of all time. Bro, wait, what? Like, I was like, that, maybe what? Top ten? I don't know about top five. I, I, I mean, I gotta, ten. Pop, I gotta put Popovich over him, right? Yeah, Pop, Pop, Red Auerbach of the Red Auerbach, um, Pat Phil Riley, Martin, Pat Riley. Who? Wait, who did you say? Jackson, yeah, Phil Jackson, definitely. Phil Jackson, Pat Riley. Um, I mean, yeah. Now, now it's where it gets tough. I mean, he has he has more rings than Spolstra oh, now. Exactly. Yeah, was he, he has nine more championships now as a player and a coach? Jeez, uh, yeah, because that's crazy. You know what, Stephen A. may be onto something. Yeah. I'd actually, I'd actually agree with that, just because. That team transformed so much when Steve Kerr came in, when Mark Jackson left or got Mm -hmm. fired, Mm -hmm. that it's not all just Steph launching threes, you know? Um, 
But now, like, looking ahead, the Warriors still have some questions and they still have some roster turnover that they're going to have to deal with either this year, this offseason or next offseason. Like, Andre Godala, who's been a respected veteran for that team, he's an unrestricted free agent. Um, Otto Porter Jr., free agent. Um, who else? I made a whole list. I, I made a whole list. Where is it? Uh, yeah, Otto Porter Jr., Kevon mm-hmm. Looney, Gary Payton Jr. are all, and Andre Godala are all free agents this year. And then the next season, the Warriors are going to have Andrew Wiggins is up for a contract. Uh, Draymond has a player option, which I'm sure he'll pick up. And then they got to start negotiating with James Wiseman, who we have no idea what type of shape he's in or how he's going to play. And Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody are all have club options on those rookie deals. So if I'm the Warriors, I'm like, who are we going to keep and who are we going to let go of? You know, mm-hmm. like, if you're the Warriors, like as a, as out of that group, like who are you letting walk away and who are you trying to keep at all costs? I think um, the biggest trade asset for me and all those people we just mentioned would probably be James Wiseman. Just because yeah. like we haven't seen what he can really do. And he was the number two pick in the draft. So he's he's got a lot of, you know, um, clout. But um, and then also like, Kaminga could pretty much fill in that role if he were to leave. Like, Kaminga can play the five. Um, so, I don't really think that – Kaminga know, playing the five would be interesting. Well, I think – well, I guess Looney – Looney – yeah, Looney's a free agent. I, I think keep, you, Yeah. You got to keep – you got to keep Looney at all costs. That's – yeah, yeah, I would agree. Uh, Otto Porter, I, don't, I would be very tempted to keep him, try and get him on, like, a decent deal – Nothing that's going to kill you, but, like, it's enough of a pay raise for him to feel like he's getting at least somewhat of a bag. Mm. Um, and then, you know, the Wiggins thing. That's Yeah, I think that's the most interesting thing. And I think it's going to be up to Andrew. Like, I don't think, like, he's going to get the money that he deserves necessarily because they got Jordan Poole to pay now and all these other guys. So I think and- it's whether he wants to stay or not. And if you're the Warriors, you don't want to saddle yourself with a terrible contract if this turns out to be like a massive fluke. That's mm-hmm. the reality of the situation with Andrew Wiggins is that he had a great game five and he's had a great postseason season altogether. But I could easily see him turning into the next Harrison Barnes where he parlays one good year into a massive payday, which no hate to Harrison Barnes, do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. But then he's in Sacramento or indiana some void of the league or some black hole where he's scoring buckets for no one that doesn't matter mm-hmm. and if i'm the warriors like right now he's getting he's scheduled to get paid 33 million dollars next season i would maybe come with like 25 28 i think that's more than reasonable i i'm not comfortable paying andrew wiggins 30 million dollars a year i'm just not at the moment he this is a great flash but if next season he proves that he can consistently maintain that in the Warriors culture, then sure. Okay. But if you got Andrew Wiggins on the books books for 35 to $40 million, which he's probably going to want, that's insane to me. That's absolutely nuts. You you just can't do it right now at the moment when you've only seen the last 20 ish games where he's really shown up in the clutch. Mm -hmm. You know, It's it's a great scenario for him as a player, just to kind of slide in and be that like third, fourth option. But Financially, it's not the most ideal. Financially, it makes no goddamn sense whatsoever. It's yeah. be like, hey, Andrew Wiggins, yeah, you had one good year with us. We'll give you the truck. We'll yeah. just give you the entire thing. 
Um, and as for the Celtics, like, what'd you, what'd you think of the Celtics? I I want to take a step back and get your thoughts on the Celtics, especially coming off that strong first couple of games. Um, definitely overachieved. Uh, I, I never thought they'd ever make it to the finals with the team as constructed. Um, I definitely still think they do need a third piece. Um, I think Marcus Smart and um, Derek White kind of filled that void a little bit um, as that like third piece combo third piece, if you want to call it. Um, yeah, it's a weird like mix yeah. mashing of like a six man. It's like not one, one six yeah. man, but it's like three dudes in one. Um, obviously, I think they got the right head coach in place. I think Udoga did a terrific job um, all year. And then obviously the, the Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown experiment works. Like we, we know it works now. Um, there's no more questioning that. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that they're one piece away. Um, I like their bench. Um, if they can keep guys like Pritchard and uh, Derek White off the bench, um, I think that'd be huge for them this offseason. But um, potentially getting a guy like Bradley Beal or Donovan Mitchell um, would be huge. And I think that that would really push them over the top. Yeah, and it's kind of like uh, you mentioned Donovan Mitchell. It's like the Celtics now are like the opposite of what the Jazz are. Like the Jazz are very offensive power, kind of rely on one guy to give them defense, whereas the Celtics are very strong defensively and kind of rely on one or two guys to give them offense. And honestly, I kind of like that situation they threw out there, that Donovan Mitchell, Bradley Beal type fit. I didn't even really think about that. But like, do you really think Marcus Smart's going to be like really willing to give up the ball to but to think about the amount of touches with Beal, let's just throw Beal out there. Beal, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown, plus Al Horford catch and shooting on pick and pops. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he did it with Kemba. He did it with Kyrie. So I don't see him not, you know, being willing to do it again. But, you know, he is the defensive player of the year. He probably, I don't know what his contract's looking like, but. um. I, I mean, it's interesting. And Smart's a guy that, like, he's obviously in it for the long run with mm-hmm. uh, with Boston. Like, he dyed his hair fucking green. Like, yeah, it's, no. yeah. It, he's not going anywhere anytime soon. Mm-hmm. I'm looking – I just looked up his contract. He doesn't become an unrestricted free agent until 2026. Okay. So, plenty of time. I just – like, if I'm the Celtics, I'm almost looking to figure out a way to restructure my front court. Like – Al Horford was great in game one, but who's a reliable big man that we can get? Like, imagine if it was like the twin towers of like Rudy Gobert and Robert Williams. Does well, that, does that make about, things better? Yeah. What about DeAndre Ayton? Ooh, okay. I, I like where you're going with this. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Ayton. All right. So if you had to, so we threw out, thrown out five names. I've thrown out uh, Rudy Gobert. You've thrown out Donovan Mitchell, uh, DeAndre Ayton. And Bradley Beal. And who's another one that we could throw out there? I don't know. But four names. We'll roll with four names. Do you have, like, what what would be one guy out of those four names that you would be like, this is our top, top board, top target on our board? Now that I'm thinking about it, I think it honestly would have to be DeAndre Ayton because I think the Celtics are a little guard heavy anyways. So bringing in a guy... Jeez, please. That's a heart attack. That scared the. I was, I was like, yo, Liam, get out of there. That's a haunted house. What the? Oh my God. All right. So, 
Woo! I'm awake now. Uh, yeah, seriously. Golly, <laughs> golly. Was I... <laughs> Did it fall? What happened? Just like, uh, catapulted up. Just like... Oh, okay. I was like, I thought your mom was like right next to you. And she was just yeah. like, Shh. I was like, dang. Okay. That was, that was, um, about that. Um, no, you're good. That's, I'm just glad you're not in like some house that's haunted by a murderer. That was like on the bloopers soon. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, but no, so I, I do think that, um, barring, you know, what, what happens is off season. I, I do think DeAndre, DeAndre Ayton, not DeAndre Jordan, uh, would be the answer for them. Um, because, they rely on defense. Obviously, we know he's a good defender. Um, and he won't really need that much of like an offensive role with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum kind of taking the rail, the reins of that offense. Um, and like I said, I, th- I think that bringing in a guy like Beal or like Mitchell obviously would help. But um, I think that would kind of mean that Jalen Brown would have to take, you know, just to sacrifice some of his role. And um, I, I, I can't really picture him as being like a third option I, I do think he's good enough to be a second option on a championship team so, so are you gonna are you gonna slide Al Horford or Robert Williams to the bench because that's where the dilemma I, I comes I, in I think you'd have to get rid of at least one of them um which is kind of not you, you get rid of Al Horford if you have to get rid of one of them I'm sorry well actually no I'm not sorry Al Horford was terrible in the Sixers uniform okay it was he was terrible. I was watching that game one, and I was like, "Where was this Al Horford when he was in Philly?" Dude, he just didn't I swear, care. I swear, this year he like he, he shed off like ten years. He looked like twenty five. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> he looked he looked like that dude that's like trapped in like a toxic relationship for like three years, and then he finally like hangs out with the boys after he gets broken up with for the first time in like years, and he's like he just looks ten years younger. He's just partying and having he's had a good this, time. Like, glow about him this year. Yeah. He's got a glow. He's got clear. He's got a fresh haircut, clear skin. He's taking care of himself. Right. It's Al Horford out of the toxic relationship that is the Philadelphia fan base. And I, honestly, Probably true. So, so, so Aiden's a free agent, correct? Yeah, because uh, the Suns didn't uh, pick up his option. Right. Okay. So no, I, yeah. that that would just be my biggest concern. Would be like, would you slide Williams or Horford to the bench? Mm-hmm. And if I'm Boston. Williams has kind of been our holding us down. He was our anchor and he had that insane block last night yeah. against Steph. I don't what I don't want to take a risk on Horford, who's an aging veteran, and like put him in the starting lineup. And yeah. then he's another guy that needs more punch. Plus, a Derek White Al Horford one-two punch coming off your bench is not a bad, not a bad option to have, That's especially right. when they especially when Derek White looked like he was playing in like an LA fitness at some points during this game. <laughs> um, so do you think, do you think Golden State repeats? Um, yeah, no, I, I think I don't really, let's see who, who's like, I mean, obviously Kawhi is coming back. That's so Kawhi, Kawhi and Paul George are likely coming back fully healthy. Mm-hmm. Memphis gets a year older. Yeah. Denver gets Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back. I think Me- like Memphis gave the Warriors the best series out of everyone in the playoffs. So that's, and I that's think if J- if John Morant's healthy, that series is I think much closer than it turned out to be. Mm-hmm. It was still a pretty close series. It won six games, but yeah. um, and Dallas now with the Christian Wood trade, 
gives Luca an actually legitimate like power forward option. I love that. Why do you love it so much? I just think that like they didn't really like some I forget who said maybe it was Stephen A. But during the the Western Conference Finals, you know, they were talking about once the once the uh, Mavericks lost, they were talking about you know where they go from here, and you know he he said it pretty much spot on. He said like Luca can carry that offense. He doesn't really need like a second star in a way, but he needs like like solid players to protect the basket, you know, to, to, to kind of um, solidify that defense. And I think Christian Wood is perfect replacement None. for whatever Maxi Klebo was giving you or, <laughs> you know, like whoever yeah, else. Powell and all those guys. Powell, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, no, I totally, I totally agree with you. It's like, at, Luca needed someone. Mm-hmm. They couldn't count on Porzingis to be like New York Porzingis and all that mm-hmm. type of stuff. Um. And he needs someone that can just give him like fucking 15 to 18 a game. It doesn't have to be 20, 25 like he's doing. Just give him 15 to 18 and see where you go from there. Um, yeah, so as as for the Warriors repeating, um, as of now, obviously this is the day after the finals ended. I'm going to say no, just because there's a lot of teams that are going to be retooling, figuring out their structure. And the we, the West is only going to get stronger because you got right. Denver is not going to be the same Denver as they were Jamal this Murray year. Coming back, yep. Yeah, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. coming back. Um, Phoenix is going to be the biggest domino. What they do, Phoenix and Utah are probably going to be the two biggest dominoes. Are they going to go full rebuilds or are they going to finally tr- make some big trades and stuff like that? Plus, you have the Lakers. We're going to see what Darvin Ham's going to do. I'm not expecting much because they still got Russell Westbrook on that team. Um, and I just – there are a lot of moving parts, and I'm not necessarily banking on this core. Steph can be a one-man army, but I'm not – and defenses are going to adjust to Jordan Poole too. Jordan Poole was um, a guy that came out of nowhere. And when defenses, when defenses have an entire offseason to game plan, we've seen guys struggle mightily. So I'm not, I'm not banking on the Warriors to repeat. Hmm. Um, so let's move on to some baseball. As we're kind of finally wrapped up with the NBA talk, Phillies are white hot, which if you told me three weeks ago, wouldn't have believed you. I just wouldn't have believed you. They've won 12 of their last 14. They got a doubleheader. We're recording this on Friday, uh, June 17th. And they're up in the first game against the Nationals. And they're coming off a 10 to 1 win against the Nationals uh, last night. I, I'm just, I'm stunned. I am legitimately stunned at how good this team is and it's like i don't know if there's like one play like if i had to give a team mvp award i don't know who i would give it to do you have like a specific player or person to give it to yeah so i i did some thinking about this right and listen like i'm all i'm all in for you know giving bryce harper's flowers you know (laughs) a great year right but He's not in the field right now because he's got that elbow injury, right? He's only hitting. Full-time DH, yeah. Full-time DH. Kyle Schwarber, man, he's been on a tear. And I got to give it to him because he's playing both sides of the ball and he's just killing it. He's killing it, man. Um, What do you have, two homers last night? Just in the last, like, two weeks, I just want to read off these stats because they're nuts. 286 batting average. So he's pulled up his average from, like, it was, like, 180, 170 at one point in the gutter. He's pulled it up to 286 through these last two weeks, I should say. In these last two weeks, he's had 286 batting average. I phrased that poorly. 735 slugging percentage and over a 1,000 OPS 
six home runs in the last two weeks, 12 RBIs and 11 walks. He's getting on base. He's, I even saw he like stole a base like last week or something. And this is the guy that we gave, what was it? A hundred million that like, this is the guy that we counted on. And it is so rewarding to slap the absolute shit out of the nationals. It is so rewarding. I hate that. I hate that fan base. I hate that fan base so much. And to steal one of their two of their guys in Schwarber and Harper and to just smash them 10 to one was amazing. Um, I just team MVP. I mean, we talked about this in the beginning, just as the season was getting ready to start. Aaron Nola is looking like 2018 Aaron Nola. And again, it's incredible. Lowest whip of his career is at 0.88 whip, which is the lowest since 2018 when he was at 0.97. So he's dropped almost a full 10th of a point uh, this season. His strikeout to walks ratio, highest it's ever been, 9.1 strikeouts per walk. Um, and he's tied for fourth in, M- in Major League Baseball for strikeouts with 91. And I'm sure that'll skyrocket as the season progresses. This is the guy that we counted on to be the ace. This is the guy we counted on to be the Jacob deGrom to Zach Wheeler Scherzer to compare the Mets. And for him to be dealing and it's not getting talked about, and this is not the Philly complex of like, oh, we're not getting talked about. Like, no, Aaron Nola is not getting talked about. And I would argue he deserves to be at least in some part of the top five Cy Young conversation. I, you, can, you don't have to put him number one or number two. But top five, he's got to be right there with Wheeler. And he was the guy that was really the biggest X factor. And sure, you could say Philly Rob, uh, Rob Thompson, you know, that manager changes really changed this team a lot. But on the field specifically, Aaron Nola is the guy I got to say, like, he has really given the rotation a lot more stability. And he's really looks like he's been himself the last few starts, at least. No, I, I definitely agree. I think um, just just for me, like, just being a Phillies fan for the last, you know, so many years, right? Yeah. You know, so I'm so used to seeing box scores of them, like, you know, three to one loss or like, you know, low scoring games like that. And it's finally, it's so nice to see like a double digit win. Like last night, I'm just like, wow. Like it's this, weird. This it's a weird. Baseball team looks like. like. I was, I was telling someone, I was like, it's weird to have this feeling of they have a three run lead and you know that they're going to win. I'm not used to it. It's yep. so strange. And even in like, even in like the, I don't know, the eighth inning, if they're down one or two, I still have hope they're going to win the game. And in years yeah. past, I had no hope. I was like, all right. No. Like, <laughs> even so. just a, again, a few weeks ago, if they had and, and like, it, a, it's a, not even just, it, it just, it could be like Alec Bohm hits a two run walk off. Like it's just random people now. It's not even just Bryce Harper. Garrett, Garrett Stubbs and Bryson Stott have hit walk off yeah. home runs. Yeah. That sums up yeah. how weird the 2021 season has Crazy. been. I and now, it. now over the next 11 games, they got minus two games that they're playing today. Uh, as we're recording this, they've got uh, two more games against the nationals, two more games against the Rangers and a four game series against the Padres at and those three series are on the road and then a three-game home series versus the Braves that three-game home series kind of scares me a little bit coming back from the west coast but I, there's no doubt in my mind no no there's a lot of doubt hold on i take that back every time i feel like you say the Phillies are back on this podcast they immediately go into the shitter they just immediately just 
yeah they're just immediately like a fat dump just like a just and not like a not like a you know those dumps where it's like you just let out a log and it's just like one quick like boom no this is like mexican food on like a a warm summer day and it's just not sitting right and you're just regretting every single decision this is a shirt off shit that's what this that's what this Phillies team. every time every time i say the phillies are doing well they're shirt off shit um <laughs> I'm sure my mom will love hearing that. We'll just make sure to take a quick break from the podcast for the next month. And just-, <laughs> <laughs> just no Phillies talk for like no the next Phillies three months. Whatsoever. Just none. No. Hey guys, why don't you guys talk about the Phillies? They just go into the shitter every single time. <laughs> All right, I'm done. I'm done Not with happening. it. But I, they can obviously go 500, over 500. I'm, I'm willing to say that they will go 8-3 and three over these next 11. I was going to say 7. 7 yeah. and 4? Seven and four, eight and three, around there. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, they steal maybe two from the Padres and one from the Braves, but the other one should be wins. That's fair. Yeah. Um, and now they'll go like two and eleven, like or two <laughs> and nine. Now, now that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> I'm so I'm I'm gonna be so mad. I'm gonna I swear. <laughs> um we've both we've got some james harden news uh talk about bleacher reports jake fishler said reported not said reported that uh harden will sign a short-term deal uh free agency officially opens on june 30 30th at 6 p.m but we all know the teams and players talk way before then so this is kind of good news um because it gives the sixers more flexibility and i think that was the biggest con- uh, concern was if you give James Harden the full four or five year max, it's basically the kiss of death for this organization, especially coming off that, you know, that Miami Heat second round loss. Uh, I just, they need to figure out the bench. They need to figure out the bench. And there's rumors of the Sixers are shopping Tobias, Matisse, Thibault, um, Danny Green, Shake Milton, basically the entire bench and like the number 23 overall, but it's basically the entire bench. I don't know who you're going to get to trade Danny to trade for Danny green right. when he's come when he's got an MCL and an ACL injury. And also respect to Danny green for like just playing his heart out. And he basically saved their season a few times in the playoffs. Yeah. But with this, with this Harden deal, I'm kind of impressed. I really thought Harden was going to be the guy to say, no, fuck it. Give me the max or I bounce. Yeah. But this is actually working out to the Sixers' benefit. I mean, well, who do you think who do you think the Sixers should or should not trade for? Um, you know, I after I saw the news with Harden, um, the biggest thing I, I saw with the news of Harden was that Tobias Harris is pretty much gone at this point, right? Like they just can't pay him. No way. No, I'm no and and I have this weird, like, conflicted relationship with Tobias. Not personally, of course not, because why the <laughs> fuck would I be talking to Tobias Harris? But, <laughs> yeah, me and old pal Toby smoking some stogies. Uh, but for me as a fan, Tobias at times has felt like the only guy who's bringing the intensity and trying to get this team to win. And he had performances in the playoffs where he looked like the guy that you would give 30, 40 million a year for. But, and and similar situation with Matisse, if you told me last year, hey, the Sixers are going to be shopping Matisse, I'd be like, no, 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 don't do that. Right. But 
these they're like the two the too few guys that you can actually get serious value for. And you have to clear room at some point because that Tyrese Maxey extension is going to be coming down the pipeline at some point. And you got to make room to pay if you want to keep him, Harden, and Embiid all happy. Um, and you just – I wouldn't even mind a guy like Grant Williams. Like, if you could get – I think Grant Williams would be a great fit in Philly. I don't think the Celtics are going to give him up, but I would agree. I think that'd be awesome. Rudy uh, Gobert comes to Philly. <laughs> uh, I, don't I don't like that. Mark um, that on the not trade for. I would. I would love to get. I mean, I know you. You just said Tobias. You don't think should be traded, but if we were to trade him, I think Dejounte Murray would be awesome. Oh, I was okay. scream. I was screaming for the rooftops with his draft year. What was it? Twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. I was screaming he was that the same class, right? Or was he year after? I think it was the same year. Yeah. Um, I like remember years by like the ESPN bottom tickers. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I know ESPN used that graphic that one year. And I think that was the <laughs> same year. Um, and I was screaming at my television, like draft DeJounte Murray, because they moved back into the first round somehow, or they had another first round pick. I was like, draft DeJounte Murray, and they didn't take him. And I was so mad. I mean, it's one other, one other possible uh, target. I don't want to get your thoughts on this. Zach Levine. How do you feel about Zach Levine? I would love Zach Levine. Um, really? I would hate yeah. it. I would Why? hate it. Why? How many pick and rolls are we going to – we're going to see Zach Levine, Tyrese Maxey, James Harden, Joel Embiid. That, that is a I – know, I know retirement homes that have quicker, more movable people off the ball listen, than that listen, starting four I, or five. I this offseason for the Sixers, all I'm looking for is just two-way players or young players we can develop and work with. And Zach Levine's got a little bit of both there. What you mean Zaire Smith isn't that? <laughs> Jaden Springer. Not peanut boy. Not peanut yeah. boy. <laughs> I but this could be maybe you know who you know exactly who fits that mold? Paul Reed. B-ball Paul. Give me some more B-ball Paul, for Christ's sakes, Doc Rivers. I think we just need people that can um, speed up the offense. I, th- I think we just yes. were way too slow last year. I-, I know a lot of it has to do with Embiid because he's not the most mobile player, um, and it takes him like 30 years to get down the court. But, you know, he's our best <laughs> player, so we can't sit <laughs> on him too hard. Um, Bro, the amount, of, the amount of times I was watching my TV and I was like counting like four or five, it's like – like 10 seconds on the shot clock and Embiid finally enters the frame and I'm just like oh there's Joel great but then then let's Let's start the offense all right guys let's Let's get going here and then he'd stick like a a corner a corner three or like a a fadeaway off the uh going towards the baseline I'd be like oh okay you know what yeah you take take as much time as you need getting down court um I I do think the 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 most uh probable player we could get and I thought about, I've been thinking about this for the last, you know, a month or so since I've heard that he's had problems with the team. And obviously I saw with the series is Duncan Robinson. Yes. Yes. I think he would be a perfect, like JJ Reddick kind of role. Yes. That would be great. Police. Police. I know, I know he could be a liability defensively, but I mean, he's got some length, right? Like he's six, four, he's long. Like he's not like completely a liability defensively i know we don't we don't but we don't need him for defense like yeah, no, exactly. i'm completely fine with you if if they said hey we're signing duncan robinson to just give us a catch and shoot option mm-hmm. i.e uh danny green mm-hmm. um 
that would I would be completely fine with that. I'd be like, okay, we got some offense. No, got like, some, I, got, I'm, I'm predicting right now that's going to happen. Duncan Robinson gonna, to Philly. Play this when when we film a podcast right after it happens, and I'm going to say, I told you so. All right, all right, Write Duncan Robinson, Duncan Robinson to Philly. It's going to happen. Duncan Robinson to Philly. That's our bold take for the NBA offseason. Is Duncan Robinson to Philly? I'm just I'm just writing that down. I'm holding I'm holding you to it. I'm like Do Ernie. It. I'm like hey. Ernie. I'm gonna have all the sticky notes of our dumb takes. <laughs> I said, I said Trey. I think I said two years ago, like Trey Young's a uh uh Trey Young's a washed Mike Conley or something like that. And of course, YouTube comment sections go crazy. <laughs> and then Sixers lose to the Hawks that year, of course. Oh. Uh, I was wrong about Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. I said they're never gonna win a title. Well, I was technically not wrong, but like yeah. they made it to the finals, of course, that season. And I was like, okay, I just look like an idiot. Um, so Duncan Robinson to Philly that will add that to the, maybe we should get a wall of shame of just, just we, bad. We, should. Takes. we really should. Just a wall of shame of bad takes. <laughs> that would be great. We'll add that to guarantee. the studio. Guarantee. <laughs> I guarantee. <laughs> Gotta love Chuck. Uh, yeah. Duncan Robinson. Definitely. So I was talking to my buddy and he brought up TJ Warren. How do you feel about TJ Warren? Oh, he's coming off he's coming off a couple of injuries now. Yeah, I I actually didn't even think about him. Um I I'm just looking at Spo Track. What? I'm just looking at Spo Track and I'm just seeing who's I, I, who. do think, I do think we're a little biased though because he went absolutely nuts on us in the bubble. <laughs> what was that like 50 TJ Warren turned into like 1980s Michael Jordan. That <laughs> shit was crazy. Dude, I, was, I don't understand how that happened. That I, shit I really that. when people when people say I normally argue like you can't put an asterisk on the bubble. But then when yeah. people say, "Oh, remember when T.J. Warren was dropping like 50 every night?" I'd be like, oh, "God, you got, you got a good point there. Maybe, maybe something." Yeah. I mean, even even like a Kendrick Nunn or a JaVale McGee, like just give me some vet, give me a veteran or at least a relatively young player that can not make this team go in the shitter. Which it another just feels- another name that I, I um. Along with like guys like Otto Porter, I think would be great for the Sixers. Like a, just a two-way. Otto Porter would be great. Oh, yeah. and but Bobby Portis would be awesome to put us. Bobby Portis, yeah. I think he's. I think he's got such a home Porter. in Milwaukee, though. And yeah, I think I Milwaukee is kind of saying right now, we were game seven away. Imagine if we had Chris Middleton. So let's just oh, yeah, keep this core sense. together at all costs. I will. I will say I think Milwaukee is kind of kicking themselves for letting. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo or trading away Dante DiVincenzo. That was a guy they really could have used. Grayson Allen looked like, all right, fuck Villanova. I still hate <laughs> Villanova with passion. Go cats, hey. <laughs> Go cats. Fuck that. Nova Nation. <laughs> Shut up. That's right. We're a Georgetown family too, Matt. So don't worry about it. <laughs> That's right. Hoya Saxa, baby. 2023 20, 20, NIT champions. Here we go. Uh, but I yeah, there is another. There's an, now I lost my train of thought. Now I lost my train of thought. Where was okay. I going with this? Oh, I will say one player that has to go. Furcon, get the oh, get please, the fudge out of here. Please, this oh. guy, this guy is JJ Ortega White side of the 76ers. He takes away roster spots one like I've bounce. never seen. I've never seen Grand Theft roster. That yes. should be that should be Furcon Corkmas's fucking name. And I also I I know like he wasn't terrible. But wasn't the biggest fan of George Miang this year. He was too streaky. Yeah. I would let him walk. If he wants to walk, go ahead. Bye. Sorry, minivan. Go. <laughs> it's kind of rude, but like 
I always watch games and I'm like, how is this dude doing so much cardio and he never loses weight? Like he's got a gut in like game, whatever, of the playoffs. I'm like, how? <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, that's the way. That, that's a, I swear, like whenever I see those IG photos of, uh, of Jimmy Butler and, you know, Twitter, NBA Central or some Twitter accounts, like Jimmy shredded for playoffs. I'm like, no, that's just like the lighting. Like, and then I yeah. see Jimmy and he's like, or even James Harden pull off, pulled off a, a tummy tuck or weight loss journey that makes Valley Girl brides to be jealous. Like I have never, I have never seen someone lose what looked like a pillow stuffed underneath their shirt and go from that to bulked up and like legitimately like could fight someone. Uh, that was James Harden. And, but yeah, minivan, George Niang, go cool with that. Uh, Furkan Korkmaz, leave, don't need you. Sorry, too rationally confident. <laughs> go back, don't, to I'm done yeah, with him. just just leave. <laughs> uh, Shake Milton, do you keep Shake? You know, it's interesting. Like, obviously, Maxi played so well this year and kind of took his, his spot. Um, I think, I think what you do is that you package him with Matisse and you try to get somebody. Um, yeah, because you're I, definitely gonna have to pack. Well, it, well, you can package all for you can package Tobias, Tobias in there too. But well, yeah, to to get rid Tobias, of that Tobias contract, you're really gonna know. have to package yeah. like a first round pick, Shake, Matisse, yeah. whatever yeah. else. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if all four try to get uh try to get traded all at once. I wouldn't be surprised if the Sixers try to do that. Um, and I don't like the draft. As much as um, as much as like the top three are great, the Sixers have no chance of getting the top three. Like there's just there's just no shot. And right now, ESPN has the Sixers projected to take a G League Ignite kid and Jane Hardy. And yeah, like I don't necessarily know how I feel about that. Like, yeah. I don't think it's that valuable. I'd be fine with trading it and getting like two second round picks or getting a nice bench player. That would be nice. Um, yeah. And I just, I don't want, I don't I definitely do not want Donovan Mitchell here. That's definitely not the case. No. Um, it's weird. Cause it's like this weird, it's this weird. Who do you want? Who do you not want? And it's so early that teams obviously have no freaking clue, but can definitely, if Grace now comes to Philly, I will, I will march down with pitchforks and signs <laughs> calling no. for Daryl Morey no to, way. Get, to get out. Um, um, so speaking of, yeah, speaking of anything, Moore, anything else, anything else on the Sixers? Yeah. Like the biggest thing, um, the biggest name that I saw as far as like potential um, trade assets um, for the Sixers um, was Eric Gordon. Yeah. I don't get, I'm not catch. sure how I feel about that. Like, I know he'd fit well, um, but he is 33. I know, I know he has a good relationship with Hart. I know he has a good relationship with Maury, and he probably would agree to come because who knows what's going on with the Rockets right now. Um, but I don't, I don't know how I'd feel about that, to be honest. I don't, I don't think I'd hate it, but I also wouldn't love it totally either. I could, I could wrap my brain around it if he's playing limited minutes. But at that point, I feel like it's a Danny Green situation again, where you just have this aging guy that can't play long minutes. 
maybe if you if the Sixers could make a run at him, Buddy Heald from Indiana, if you could package some of those that pick, Shake Milton and Tobias or Matisse or something like that. Maybe Tobias gets, you know, maybe the Pacers say, hey, we need a guy that can score and get uh, fans into the seats. Then that would, maybe that's an appealing package for Indiana. That would be great because he's coming up on 30. So he's still kind of in his prime a little bit and hasn't really suffered much wear and tear. He's going to be in a contending situation. So he's going to be juiced and motivated. Um, I can't even imagine what it's like trying to play for Sacramento. Um, and you get rid of you get rid of a lot of ball handlers that are taking up those spots on the bench in Furcon, Shake, and Tobias was taking away some of those touches from Harden. And maybe he can maybe if you get Buddy Heald and Duncan Robinson, maybe that changes the tempo, like you said earlier. And that gives Harden more spacing to go downhill. It gives him being more spacing on the block or at the nail to do his work from down low. So Maybe Duncan Robinson and Buddy Heald are the solutions to the 76ers' problems. Defense is a little bit of a concern for me, though. Yeah. That's just that, but that's just where I'm. I don't know. Any last thoughts? Um, just a few other guys I didn't really realize were free agents that I would absolutely love. Um, Gary Harris is an interesting name. Yeah, I saw that too, but isn't he on the books for like 20 million, 21 million, something I like didn't that? Know. That part yeah, looking at awesome. but God, Liam, not preparing. <laughs> you do enough homework. <laughs> you uh, do enough homework, bro. <laughs> do you even care about this? Um, people are like, you need to take this seriously. This is going to the moon, and I'm like, what? <laughs> if this is going yeah. to the moon, we need to like the planet's going downhill. If people are listening to my stupid voice for an hour, whatever. <laughs> Anyway, that's just that's just my beat. Um, yeah, he's on. He's I should have been looking this up as I was I was going on that tirade. Uh, but I think it's interesting though because he has. Uh, let me, my God, Spotrack, why are you doing this to me? I think he's got like bird rights though, so the Nuggets can match, or okay. wherever he is, Orlando. Um, yeah, yeah. What I just okay, Spotrack. That's how we're gonna play it. That's. That's what we're doing here. Uh, contracts. Where can I do free agents? I just. Colin Control F. Gary Harris. Here we go. Orlando. That's where he is. Bird rights. Yeah. So he's got 21 million. So the or I think the way the bird rights work is that Orlando can pay him. They match it pretty much. Um, but like, why, why does why does Orlando need him though? That's the thing. Like, they're so yeah, especially, heavy. Yeah, I was gonna say they have they already have what uh, R.J. Hampton, Cole, Cole Anthony. um, what's his name? Uh, from Gonzaga. Um, oh, Jalen Suggs. Suggs. Yeah, yeah, they uh, drown in guards like the Knicks drown in power forwards. That's crazy. It's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, Gary Harris is definitely an interesting option. Yeah, I would I would get behind. So we've got so our big board is Gary Harris, Gary Duncan Harris, Robinson. Duncan Robinson, Buddy Heald, TJ Warren. Another D- another under the radar kind of name I like is Bruce Brown. He's also a free Ooh, yeah. I think the Nets really do love him though. Really like too much. And I would put money on the fact that. I'll put money on the idea that they're going to get rid of Kyrie just because he's that much of a headache for the team. But 
if Katie doesn't allow that, then obviously. Um, I think that's – and Grant Williams. So I think we put together a solid big board here. Yeah. Solid big board. Six is free – six is ownership. Listen to us. Why not? What could possibly go wrong? It's not like you got anywhere else to go, but damn. Um, okay. So I wanted to wrap up with this. John Tortorella officially hired as Flyers head coach on a four-year deal. And the I the biggest concern is will he will he get this team over the hump if they can be competitive in the first place? And I would say to Flyers fans, just chill out a little bit. Okay. This team is not going to be competing for a Stanley Cup anytime soon. And what this team needs is a coach that's going to light a fire under their ass and actually get them to play hard. That's the first step is just playing hard. And I think John Tortorella is really going to do that for this team, um, at least early, fresh out of the gate. And with Tortorella, like he's just so much more intense than Elaine Vigneault. And I think the younger players are really going to respond to him. And he's been on championship teams with the Tampa Bay Lightning. I uh, won a Stanley Cup in 04 that he knows how to handle dealing with egos and possibly veterans and stuff like that, that it's a good hire, at least for the first two years. This guy's a former Jack Adams, two-time Jack Adams winner, and he was the first American-born coach to win 500 games. So he's no scrub by any stretch of the imagination. He's got a more impressive resume than Elaine Vigneault, in my opinion. And with the Flyers, it's all about just being competitive and showing flashes that you can be a good scrappy team, kind of like the Chicago Cubs. Now you're just a scrappy team that can catch a catch a team on a bad night and make them pay. And if the Flyers can do that, then I'm happy. And it's a big name, a big coaching name that can possibly draw more fans, which will help the Flyers maybe spend more money um, and get more free agents possibly in the near future. But we'll see. But overall, I'm not upset about it. We just need, we just need someone that's actually going to give a shit to call the players out, coach them hard, and be a championship, be a champion that the players buy into it. Uh, big hockey guy Liam Higgins, do you have any? Have Hopefully any one day I'll be a hockey guy, Mac. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to turn you into a hockey guy. You already got the lettuce. You already got the, All right. you got the, you got the Bieber flow that's just like sprouting out. It's like a goddamn Chia pet. Makes no sense. Uh, do you care about golf? Do you want to talk about the U.S. Open? I mean, I don't know much, but I, I guess. Okay, I- then that's a no, because I don't care about <laughs> golf, and we're not talking about it. Phil Mickelson missed the cut. That's why I asked. Um, okay, yeah, that does it for all of us here at the Black and Blue Pod. Uh, follow us on social media. Subscribe on YouTube, please. Uh, rate, comment, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, all those podcast platforms. And uh, let us know what you think. So the next time, me and Liam will catch you later. And I hope everyone has a good day.